0: Hello. Before we start, I just want to make a brief announcement that this will be my final episode as host of TV Watch as I'm departing from Digital TV Europe after three and a bit years to embark on a new adventure elsewhere. I want to give a huge thank you to everyone who was featured as a guest on the podcast and to all of you for listening. I've really loved doing this show for the past couple of years and the opportunities it's afforded me to speak with some really, really great people and learn a lot about the industry and where it's going. If you're listening and are keen for the podcast to continue, I would heartily recommend that you reach out to the team via the contact information on the Digital TV Europe website at digitaltveurope.com. Thanks again, and on with the show. And welcome to TV Watch, a podcast from Digital TV Europe looking at the biggest news and trends in the worlds of broadcasting, streaming, and everything else to do with the TV industry in Europe and further afield. I'm Jonathan Easton, Deputy Editor of Digital TV Europe. And on today's show, I speak with Tony Gunnison, Principal Analyst of TV, Video and Advertising at Omdia, about Netflix's soon-to-launch ad-supported product, and what it means for the wider industry. Netflix has long been the barometer for the health of the streaming industry, and particularly SVOD. The stream has gone from strength to strength over the past decade and has evolved from a place to access films and shows from a range of distributors into one of the world's premier content producers of big-budget, prestige television and award-winning movies. 2022 has not been quite so kind to the company. The company has shed millions of subscribers this year and has been overtaken by Disney as the world's largest streaming operator. Despite the success of shows like Stranger Things and The Sandman, which Netflix still refuses to renew despite how many tweets I post, the company has responded by going into something of a crisis mode by cutting jobs, easing back on content spend and, in a move which co-CEO Reed Hastings had previously said would never happen, introducing an ad-supported tier which will launch next month. Joining me now to discuss how this will manifest and its ramifications for the wider streaming landscape is Tony Gunnison, Principal Analyst, TV Video and Advertising at Omdia. Just to start, Netflix has kind of had a bit of a a stumbling uh, few months, to put it lightly. Why now is the company introducing an ad-supporting tier? Is it purely just to do with this past few months of negative downward trends, or is it a broader kind of shift in the industry?
1: It's both, actually. We've been noticing And uh, predicting that hybrid models are something that uh, you know are are increasingly being deployed i think we've wrote actually in our trends to watch 2022 report last year that uh, 2022 is going to be the year for hybrid models it's something that we've been saying for many years uh, but, but definitely for Netflix, look, uh, two uh, consecutive quarters of quite high sh- levels of churn domestically. That is the key driver uh, in not necessarily directly, I would say, uh, but Wall Street. Wall Street is seeing that the biggest, you know, the the, the golden hand of streaming is losing users. The share price has dropped every time there's, an, uh, you know, less than amazing result for Netflix. The share price will tumble. Then it will pick up again when they announced that they would uh, move towards an ad here. I was surprised. I've been saying I've been covering Netflix for nearly 10 years now, and I've been stood down on a stage in front of lots of people asked that question. Will Netflix do adverts? No, I don't think so. Why would they? They, they have been successful on being an ad free service uh, that is cheap. Now they are losing users domestically, the most important market after all. Uh, and that's why uh, they're moving. Uh, they have very significant pressure from uh, Wall Street's, the investors, to do something to sort of stop people from churning out, and, and that, that's the key thing. But also, yeah, it's uh, we, we do see a broad trend towards. Uh, hybrid models um, for other services as well, of course Disney+, Plus, HBO Max
0: and others are, are doing that. I don't think you can feel too bad about the fact that you were going up on stage talking about how they won't introduce an ad tier because they that was the line from them for however many years you know, I, I saw there was you know, kind of a snippet from from Reed Hastings saying no ads, no sports. That's the Netflix kind of mentality mentality when you had other streaming services which are dipping their toe in sports, which is obviously becoming a bigger thing. And that's a discussion for another day, um, whether Netflix will uh, get into that world. But uh, in terms of this report that Omdi has put out, it estimates that three out of five Netflix subscribers will be on the ad tier by 2027. Will that be mostly made up of new or existing subscribers?
1: Right. So that's a combination of both, clearly. Um, We began doing some preliminary calculations on how, uh, look, we don't know yet how they're going to do advertising. There's no information about the pricing tiers. There's no information about um exactly how they are going to do it so normally we wouldn't do any forecasting uh, until we know for sure how everything will look to consumers but we've, we've done some um initial estimations and so on and that has also been a journey if you think about it this way um at the beginning of the process, I was very skeptical that Netflix would, for example, aggressively convert premium users to a lower tier ad funded subscription. Why would they do so? That's kind of shooting themselves in the foot. But I've come around uh, with that. You know, this is how these things work out. We have debates internally, uh, sometimes very um, passionately and um, stood my ground, but I've been convinced that it does not make sense for Netflix to have ads here as a sort of side business. The way that advertising works is, you know, advertisers, they've been uh, knocking on the door to Netflix for years, uh, and they do so because Netflix has huge scale, you know, 220 million subscriptions worldwide, each of them having on average, like three eyeballs, right? So huge scale. And if, uh, and, and in order to have, those negotiations but advertisers, Netflix must promise significant scale. Uh, otherwise that you know they, <laughs> no one would buy ad space on Netflix. So long story short, yes, we believe that Netflix will aggressively convert existing users into ads here. Also when you think about you know Netflix is essentially becoming cheaper because of adverts, that is likely to drive new users as well. And by doing so stop that trend. Twofold, Um, you know, existing users that are churning out or expected to churn out might stay on on a cheaper price plan. Others that perhaps have cancelled Netflix for Disney Plus or HBO might come back to Netflix because now, you know, they can justify it being cheaper. So all of these comes into it, and um, so it's new users, existing users.
0: Yeah, it's interesting. You you mentioned Disney Plus earlier as well that they seem to have these kind of two different approaches that Netflix is effectively saying, as you, as you mentioned there, they haven't put out the pricing, but we know that they're going to make it cheaper than the current is, right? Uh, whereas Disney Plus, they're upping their prices, but saying, if you want to carry on paying the same prices that you are at the moment, get some ads. So it's quite interesting to compare the two approaches. Um, I, I don't know if you've, if you've looked, in-depth at, at Disney as well but do you imagine that they're going to have a similar kind of conversion of 60% being made up of ad-supported users?
1: So Disney is
0: uh, an interesting
1: um, uh, example because Disney of course, of course controls Hulu which is the pioneer for for this type of hybrid avod SVOD model. Disney also have Hotstar in India. They have tested advertising or hybrid model at a huge scale <laughs> in India uh, you know upwards of 100 million users or whatever it might be um, so yes I think that Disney is probably going to be looking at the same type of thing majority of users certainly globally across all platforms are going to be ad tier
0: users that hybrid model has basically become the standard in in the US all the major streaming services even if they didn't launch with it um they've they've converted to it, HBO Max which you know isn't long for this world uh Paramount Plus uh Peacock launched with uh, this kind of hybrid product which I think is really interesting that you've got this very basic entry level version of Peacock for free effectively which is basically just a teaser to get people in the door how will Netflix's approach to advertising and will it differ drastically from those other streaming services?
1: I don't think it will. Um, I think for all the hype around Netflix, uh, let's not forget that Netflix wasn't really invent the SVOD service. They were, you know, not the first to do it. And for AVOD, certainly it will be a follower rather than a sort of pioneer. But it will be probably the brand or the service that we eventually will recognize as you know, the hybrid platform in the world, and that will be Netflix. That's kind of how these things work. They are all consuming, all dominating service on a global scale, and be foolish to imagine that they wouldn't uh, succeed greatly with AVOD as they've done with SVOD. And in, b- before that, even with rent, uh, DVD, DVD rentals, which they yeah. were also successful and Nearly killed a blockbuster before in did streaming. So you know that that's Netflix way.
0: One thing as well that you've you've, you've touched on in the report we, we've discussed here that that hybrid model is the standard in the US, but it isn't so much hasn't been so widely adopted internationally. And you say there will be some some challenges facing Netflix when they roll this model out internationally. What are those challenges specifically and how will Netflix address them?
1: Yes, absolutely. So in in general, Avod hasn't been tested in Europe. I'm going to talk about Europe uh, compared to the U.S. mainly. Avod hasn't been tested in Europe to the same scale as in the U.S. And the reason for that, I mean, there are, of course, Avod services here in Europe too, but they haven't been that big as what has really dominated here. And the reason for that, I think, is Europeans are historically have always been much less ad tolerant than Americans. The amount of minutes of advertising on in the U.S. on, on paid TV channels versus in Europe is, is quite different and, and broadcast. So what we think that Netflix will essentially manipulate this pricing strategy to drive people towards uh, ads here and that is how they will succeed in Europe. So essentially by making the ad-free version a little bit more expensive, people are
0: going to be sort of enticed to move down the tiers to an ad-supported tier. When all is said and done in the coming years and this this model has been rolled out and adopted presumably widely internationally, how much of Netflix's revenue will be generated by ads uh, are you expecting?
1: Yeah, so our current preliminary analysis, as as I said, we don't know yet the pricing structure and so on, but we're looking at uh, nearly 60% of users uh, or subscribers uh, to Netflix being on ad supported tiers and about 25% of revenues in the US will be from in-stream advertising in 2027. Globally, it will be about 15%. So we don't think that advertising will displace subscription as the main source of revenue for for Netflix. But it will, uh, in many ways. I mean, Netflix, in order to do this, they need to go all in. They need to restructure. They need to, um, you know, change their marketing, their relationship with telcos. They need to do, you know, a lot of heavy lifting to to get there. And I think. That's why I've been saying, um, I've been arguing that this is the beginning of the end for SVOD, essentially. The way we think about Netflix will change. As I said, 60% of users in five years' time will be on ad-supported tiers for Netflix. That's, That's a major, major... Uh, transformation of Netflix so we will come to think of Netflix as oh there's that service where they play you you know two minute advert in the beginning there might be something in the end uh,
0: that that sort of thing. One trend that I've predicted myself looking forward is that as, as you as you say these big big major streaming services will be that hybrid kind of model with ads where that'll be predominantly the way people view them and the pure SVODs will be the more niche services Uh, because I think there will still be a market for them but the the biggest purely SVODs will be the likes of you know Mubi and and Lionsgate Plus as it's now become and these kinds of things where they are not going for the hundreds of million subscribers but are subscription fee of sub ten dollars a month where, where it's that purely kind of specialist service do you think that's that, that's kind of a right way of looking at things oh yeah absolutely i mean economics uh, wouldn't work
1: for those but if you know if you're smaller uh, you might be <laughs> less successful with advertising because of you don't have that scale and it makes sense too and it's kind of like thinking those smaller and i wouldn't want to call them niche but national or genre specific or you know latest movie type uh, film festival type as for services they would uh, they are, are kind of using asphalt as a premium model similar to how uh, transactional was perceived, but never really took off. So the, these things kind of change along. <laughs> A, a scale um i think another thing that i uh, wanted to say which i think is important you, you mentioned that svod pure play svod or ad free svod is not gonna go away we don't think so either clearly um i mean they particularly in europe where people don't like to watch adverts as much or comparable with americans there are people who are, will never accept adverts on, for example, Netflix. I'm, I think I'm one of them. I've, you know, I've, I would rather pay extra, even if it's, you know, £5 or £10 per month, you know, not to have adverts. So that will remain, but it's going to be a smaller market for that, I think.
0: I'm and, very uh, much in that camp as well. Yeah. Um I think for me, it's more the the data side of things. Then I don't mind seeing ads, but if the ads are only going to be served to me on a basis that it's presented through the lens of, we're tracking everything that you're watching and we're giving you tailored advertising. I'm, I'm, you know, a lot of people prefer that kind of tailored ad experience. I'm not one of them. I find it creepy, but that's just me. Um, I think I'm I'm a bit of a, a dinosaur in that respect and to some people. So the report concludes with the statement that, quote, a pivot to the hybrid model will not only transform Netflix as a company, but reshape global streaming markets. Can you go into a bit more detail on that bold claim? Yeah, absolutely.
1: So what I mean by that is that, you know, as I said, Netflix might not have been the pioneer or the inventor of S-Pod as a model, but they've certainly been the hero service that brought the model to new markets and sort of created a, you know, we used to call it gold rush, 2016, 2017, every TV and video company in the world started launching asphalt services, trying to essentially uh, you know benefit from th- this push from Netflix uh, and the huge popularity that they had since then of course with you know these as services that were launched around that time some of them have closed others have merged uh, been re-launched um, under new brands and, and sold and bought and everything um on average we have about 15 services per market here in Europe that are broadly speaking, mass markets. Uh, you have the Netflix and Amazon, you have the D- D2Cs like Disney, HBO, Paramount, you, you mentioned Lion Gates, and then you have the Sky Now, Viaplay in the Nordics or Canal Plus series in France, etc., etc. a whole range of them, uh, as well as the broadcaster ones. Some of the broadcaster ones like ITV, already moved into a hybrid We're going to see more of that as well but essentially as a leader for this kind of business model if they are changing it it's not wide to assume that others are going to change too uh, particularly when Netflix is proven to be hugely successful on that model and remember one of the key challenges of Asphalt we we learned this in the last couple of years has been that no household in the world will be able to subscribe to all of those 15 services and averages per household tends to be two three maybe four in some cases depending on demographic it's unsustainable as a model with multiple uh, siloed catalog uh, services of course if they move to ad tier or um, you know some sort of advertised uh, model then that makes it easier for customers' wallets, (laughs) even if it doesn't make it less uh, impractical to remember where that series is that you want to watch, what streaming service it is. But it makes it cheaper and more sustainable. And also, of course, from the side of the streaming companies themselves, because they need that money. Bear in mind that Netflix launched by borrowing money (laughs) to push their model. They now ultimately come out and said, this model doesn't work. We need to have uh, um, a hybrid model. That will work, uh, and uh, as an analyst, I think that is a very wise decision
0: indeed. But it, it changes a lot of things that we've discussed over the last five years. So, you, so you say this is a something which was kind of inevitable, potentially accelerated by the current economic conditions and the war in Ukraine and everything that have had this impact of of bringing that discussion, which was always on the horizon, to the immediate
1: yes to some extent i mean that that's the urgency behind this i mean they they netflix announced it with the q2 numbers being reported just a couple of months ago and they're going to go to marketing q3 q4 this year already with an ads here so it, it's moving super fast and um, that urgency it's got to be directly uh, coming from economic uncertainty and so on <laughs>
0: So that, for the last time from me, is the show. Thank you very much to Omdia's Tony Gunnison and to you for listening for these past couple of years. TV Watch is written, produced and mixed by me, Jonathan Easton, and Digital TV Europe's editor is Stuart Thompson. You can find me on Twitter at EastJohnEast or say hello on LinkedIn to see what I'm up to next. You can follow Digital TV Europe at Digital TV Europe on Twitter and at DigitalTVEurope.com, where you can sign up for our daily newsletter that will keep you up to speed on all the latest goings-on in the TV industry. Thank you so much for listening. Goodbye.